Hello everybody, Mariner here and welcome to Net That Hall. It's game week 10, uh, timestamp, uh, well, think, I think it's Wednesday morning at 6am in Singapore. Hey, uh, what's he doing? Are you playing something in the background? <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't muted the uh, the YouTube stream that I have that I'm chatting with. God. Anyway, I'm I'm fine. Gabe's wrecking the screen. The, the stream. How are you? Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to save my ass by peeling back the curtain and letting everybody know that the the, the last thing that was said before we went live was was you asking me what game week is it? Is it game week ten? Is it game week? Is it, you had no idea what game week it was. <laughs> It is Tuesday, October 4th, and we're going early here, and we're a little sleepy on this stream, aren't we? I'm doing well, though, Mariner. How are you doing I'm, today? I'm, I'm absolutely knackered, mate. I'm in the middle of an industry week. I've just had the Grand Prix weekend where Singapore's, Singapore's cricket club turned into the Everglades because of the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got trench foot, as Mike Alpin said. He's on the stream. He sent me a message. He said, Chris, don't get trench foot. <laughs> Trench foot, huh? Yeah, it was really bad. It was so wet. It was ridiculous. Love the Grand Prix, but the, you know, it was uh it was pretty it was pretty damp, I think I would say. But uh, great that Singapore's back on the world stage. And so's FPL. We're back on the stage for this week, Gabe. What are we gonna look yeah. at this week? We've got uh, a last appeal for the Football Content Awards, haven't we? So we're gonna go for that right now. Um we are in the final, little old net that hall. Uh, and we want your votes. Vote from your grannies, your mothers, your brothers, your sisters. Vote from anywhere. Get everybody to vote. Get all your company to vote. I have. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm off to a conference there with 2,000 people. I think I might try and get all them to vote as well. <laughs> you, know, you, you can pay somebody to just go to every computer in every single office building and just be like, one, one second, like pretend they're a technician or something, just go in and you vote. And you vote, and you vote. <laughs> I think we need our help, quite frankly. There's some absolutely amazing content creators out there. And we're just delighted to be even mixing it with them, aren't we? But we would, love, we would love your votes, guys. So we've got till, I think, midnight on the 9th, I think. Was it, Gabe? Correct. Midnight on the ninth. They didn't say what time zone, but I'm I'm assuming it's uh it's GMT. Yeah, I'm sure it is GMT. Um, so yeah, midnight on the ninth. So please go to the football content awards. The uh, the link is in the comments, and um, it would be in the chat if I'd have put it in there. But anyway, there we go. That's another story. That's the press up because I'm so bloody knackered this morning. Go to the content creators. Hit net that hole. Go to the editorial. Select one of the fabulous choices you've got there as well while you're at it uh and yes um hopefully our very own john terry who is yellow who is red flagged not yellow flagged this week nima uh, will be able to uh actually pick up a, an award for us rather than for someone else or try to gate crash somebody else's award which he normally does <laughs> i mean that's that's why he's on that mission that's why he's there so yeah <laughs> But anyway, talking about Nima, what's going on here? So uh, yeah, obviously uh, Nima designed the uh, the thumbnail for the show. <laughs> clearly, yeah, well, clearly, clearly, being an Arsenal fan, splattering three one all over the screen. North yeah. London is red. You know, I'm surprised you just didn't write North London is red and just leave it. You know, and, and, and just have that in red. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I thought we were talking about game week ten, not game week nine. Anyway, but anyway, there we go. That's uh, that's my that's my dig it in for the day. Anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Enjoy. enjoy you're you're kicking the man that's down. Yes. Enjoy <laughs> it. Enjoy your enjoy that result and get well soon, my friend. Mini league, Gabe. Uh, no, in fact, for, and then in fact, before we get to the mini league, let's do the haulers. Let's say let's shout the haulers out, and then we'll get to the mini league. Well, okay, let's do that. Let's go through our quick hauler shout for the for the week. Um, we do the shout really quickly so as not to bore everybody, but our appreciation far extends what we can shout you here on the show. So just please know that. Um, we'll start with the super haulers. We have Harbor Boy, who's also in the chat. I believe Harbor Boy is saying he's in New Zealand, Harbor Boy. So we appreciate his um, following. He's a, he's definitely a hauler. William Frick, who's also in the chat. Uh, Daddy Bot, also in the chat. He's uh, He was asking if 74 was a haul this week. I told him um, hauling is a state of mind, Mariner. So he doesn't feel like he hauled. We probably didn't haul, so we're going to turn that around for him. Um, we got Greenback Golf, Sarah Gatsby, and FPL Robbie to round off the, the super haulers. And then here we go through the haulers. We have Akshay, Terse X, Sea Hunt, FPL Penguin, FPL DG Boy 88, Lindsay O, Tavindra Raj, FPL Casuals, Tom Gorsuch, Stuart Fletcher, Mr. Twister 242, Blonde S, Scotters M, Fire Tog, FPL Teacher, Oscar Arias, Doni FPL, FPL underscore Mike Halpin, also in the chat, of course, uh, Sean Burke, Jack Daglish, Neha Kolkami, Kevin Rose, FPL underscore Saffer in South Africa, Podna, FPL Craig, and Dread FPL. Yeah, I think it's a family right there. Some reason Dom has vanished off the slide, but anyway, where's Dom the Black Dragon? I don't yes. know where Dom is. He was Dom. there. We I'm remember sure you. That's <laughs> our family there, Mariner. Never mind. Let's let's have a look at the um, let's have a look at the mini league. And I was having a bit of a problem with the um, with the slide earlier on, and I missed the team. I couldn't get the team on there to look properly, so I left it off in the end. But anyway. David Hood has now overtaken everybody with a score of 119. Well, that's pretty spectacular this week. <laughs> Hell of a lot better than me. That's one thing for sure. Um, and he's now on 583 points. Now, look who sneaked up into second. A crafty devil. Obaid, the, the, the one who I, uh, person I battled with last season at the top of this league is up there again. FPL Milanista, 104 points this week, 577, equal with Brian Pillman's Kane, L. Ron Cupboard, 577 points as well. Brokeback Mount, 10, with uh, Dan at the FPL Wayne, 4th, 573. Lots of score by Lottie Adele, 5th. Uh, Misclick Targear in sixth, FPL Safe, uh, Khaled Badaki in seventh, Fox River, Brad Curry, another uh, regular runner, needs to hang on in there. He's, he's uh, played his wild card, 98 points, 571 in eighth, Noice FC, David Tyner in ninth, and Sane Side Up. I like that name. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Old player, wrong league. But great player, Matt Pryor. I wonder if that's the cricketer. Anyway, 570 points in 10th. So there we go. Um, yes, that's the mini league. Keep going, everybody. Um, 
it's still very close. There is not a lot in it. Madison put me up 150. In fact, Madison nearly halved my rank. Yeah, same. Pretty much. He he was responsible for the majority of my green arrow this uh this game week. Yes, he was he was he was certainly mine. Um and uh and and uh, for those who had double Newcastle defense. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only bright spark of the entire weekend. <laughs> I agree. That was, that was great. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> oh can we can we use that the downfall of Pope on uh, the philosophy this week? Or not? No, yes, I I, it's perfect. No, it's good. It, that's a good shout. I like that. <laughs> Especially yeah. since it didn't happen to us. Yes, exactly. Let's go for it. Okay, FPL philosophy for uh, Game Week 10 is comes to us from uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. Um, he's a French existentialist. And he said, freedom is what we do with what is done to us. Freedom is what we do with what is done to us. <laughs> um, and... I, I think my, I was thinking of like our, our risk, how, how we respond to, to adversity a, a lot of times, right? Um, and the, how we we're often too quick to respond. And then that, that takes, and then that puts us in a deeper hole. And, and so, I, you know, the more we can just like, kind of like back up and have a, um, a holistic response, maybe. I think give give a situation time to play out to have a holistic response, such that your response truly truly does give you some freedom, like freedom of choices, where you're where you're seeing the information properly and you're seeing all of the choices available to you, instead of say people like jumping from Salah to KDB right now, knowing that with uh, with KDB's blank coming in or, or or something like that, you know. So um, yeah, if I mean, yes, freedom is what we do, is what we do with what is done to us. I can't even say it, let alone understand it this week. <laughs> you always enjoy, you always comment on how, you know, my lack of understanding of philosophy, really. Um, Mike Halpin just says, so pleased that my evil laugh is now reserved for somebody else other than Arsenal. <laughs> Personal, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was very impressed with Arsenal at the weekend, Mike. I have to say, <laughs> oh, they were they were dominant, of course. Um, but I was yeah. having a Manchester United fan in earshot at the Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> it was right in the middle of the game. <laughs> they, they got it. <laughs> anyway, 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 it's time to have a look at the uh, the matchups. You've been way too deep, according to Chris Urban, Irvine, by the way. It's I've been accused of that before. Unfortunately, it's 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 the overthinker, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we'll say hello to people halfway to, halfway through. Actually, we'll do it differently this week. Um, okay. But before we get going, please hit like, please hit subscribe. If you hit the bell as well, so you get notifications. Um, we are scrambling around trying to put extra content out, but we're just well, we're either flagged, sick, tired, busy. Um, <laughs> again, 
<laughs> yeah, game's out next week. Mexico, I understand. Lucky back to Mexico next week. Yeah, kids, kids are on fall break, so yeah. So yeah, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the bell if you want to become a hauler. Please do. You don't, you know, we we just we just love the fact that you support us. You know, if you want to dip your hand in your pocket and give us a little bit more to help us keep the thing growing, that's wonderful. We don't, you don't have to. We're not, you know, we're not going to be. We're not disappointed if if you don't. We just we just do it for the love of the game, right? Don't we? And the love of the haulers. Um, Gabe, matchups. We have the first one today: Bournemouth against Leicester. Bournemouth against Leicester. I think you know this was the matchup that everybody um, that wanted. Uh, Dominic Solanke was was really you know looking forward to, um, so I thought it'd be interesting to to review it a little bit here um, from a statistical perspective. Just just to let everybody know with the uh, with the, sh- the early show this week, um, there was no time to get into the tactic slides, the grass FC slides. Um, but do look out for the thread when when I do when I post a thread probably tomorrow. Um, it'll have both these, these are all just the, the data slides and we can get into some of the tactics, um, that, that kind of, that's alluded to in the analysis. Um, so, I, I mean, the, the, the first thing I'll note as far as the, the chances we have, um, Bournemouth with 41 chances conceded from the, from their left-hand side. Um, and, and so that, you know, again, that screams Madison, uh, on, on Leicester's right uh, again, and another, in like one of the best matchups in the division. Um, so a legit caps, captain C shout, uh, next week against Bournemouth. Um, and let's see, we're going to the expected stats here. Just, uh, it's a little small. I'm just trying to see it. Okay. Um, yeah, so like Bournemouth, like just just to get an idea of how bad Bournemouth are, uh, they not only have the lowest expected goals on penalty, but they also have the lowest expected goals on target. So the post shot xG is three point one five, and the expected goals on penalty is three point six five. So they they don't create much, and their finishing isn't great, even when they do create stuff. So um, <laughs> you're using my Sanchezism. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, and it's I'm I'm uh, recoining it to a it's a Solankeism. Perfect. It's a Solankeism. Pictures um, are great. Please, <laughs> please. Exactly. Yes. So um, they are um, on on Leicester's side. They are second last for expected goals conceded non penalty. And they've scored 14 goals with an expected goals on target of 9.21, which I thought was really interesting. Um, needing a Dr. Evil emoji <laughs> on here for Mariner. Mariner does have more, uh, uh, more evil laughs when this early in the morning I, or, or late at night. That's when they're, they really come out. It, it'll, it'll improve as I get caffeine in me. That's right. Um, so, so there's like, there's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Scoring 14 goals on expected goals uh, on target of 9.21 indicates some, that they've faced some poor goalkeeping. Um, so, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to change against Bournemouth, but it's uh, just something to keep an eye on. Not, Matt Madison is still a fantastic asset, obviously. Um, from the shots perspective, um, Bournemouth concede a lot of shots. So do Leicester, uh, but Bournemouth doesn't really convert their shots. So that's why, you know, the, 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 Despite the the almost equal net xG number, um, Leicester's quite favored in the in the shots model. There, if we're looking at 
um, at the shots here because of the conversion. Um, I think the uh, the your FDR Mariner kind of sees them very equally. Yeah, it does. Just like just like NetXG, right? Yeah, it it sees it virtually. It does. It sees it very neutral. It basically says that probably a one-one draw is a, a typical sort of result. Leicester away from home are not. You know, I, I did expect them to, you know me, I love Forrest, but I expected them to get tanked and they did. Hmm. Um, uh, but saying that, you know, there is a lot, there is hope for Leicester, I think. And I think, you know, certainly with respect to Madison, you know, with those, um, that four central zone and 4.5 on the, on the, on the right there, which you can see at the bottom of the screen. Um, that's really, really hopeful. Um Bournemouth maybe a little bit down the left, but I mean to be honest with you, um, the only thing I'll say about Bournemouth is it's not an easy place to go to. They they there is a little bit it's a it's a, they're a lot better at home than they are away, and mm. that's why I think they'll probably get something. So you know all your ward holders who didn't bench him or didn't sell him in your wild cards, um, I'm not so sure he'll keep a clean sheet this week. Hmm. NetXG is going with a sixty-four percent chance of a clean sheet for Leicester, but I, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. I do see something here uh, for for Bournemouth at home, but I think it's interesting that uh, that the metri- that the metrics here really line up. Bournemouth one point four three for NetXG, Leicester one point four four, and then the the FDRs are both point four for attack and obviously negative point four. Um, by contrast, for defense, and the, and kind of the only thing that really tilts it here. It's the the zonal matchup from from your end from your metrics, and then from my metric, the the shots, um, the the shot model goal predictor. Those are the two things that kind of like really favor Madison. They they they're screaming Madison. Both of those things, uh, and and he's in great form. And I'll tell yeah. you what, there's a few things that this is something I purposefully did with my wild card. Actually, I went for there's Madison and also, and I, I wish I could have got Bowen in there because Bowen's another one. Players who are just teetering on the brink of World Cup selection might just sneak in. This is now the time to get on some of these players. They are going to be more motivated right now than ever to try and to try and get into that World Cup squad. Mm. Um, just, you know, it's a well worth consideration. The other one is Pickford. I went Pickford on my wildcard for the fact that he is desperate to go to Qatar, right? And desperate to nail his spot in Qatar more to the point. He'll be there, I'm sure. I but think he's pretty nailed, right? He probably is, but I tell you what, that he's a man possessed when it comes to England and he wants to be he wants to be there. And he's his attitude will be I am gonna say I'm gonna save everything with my face, my ass, with anything to get on that plane. Yeah, well, I mean, they have to kick it at his face to save it. I mean, the, the shot has to go to his face if he's going to save it with his face. So, I don't know. Like, if with a good shot will go in. <laughs> anyway, that's that one. So, we, we're pretty much set. Oh, just re- really quickly, if Bournemouth, like we say, if they are going to score, I, I like them to create something from their left-hand side. Yes. Um, uh, Zamora at left back. Billing played at left wing in the last match, and I don't think it really worked out so well. But if he goes there again, they could find some creativity there on the left, and it could come from there. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's keep going. 
Chelsea Wolves. Chelsea Wolves. Yeah, yeah so some of these matches are just very uninteresting. And I, and I found Chelsea Wolves to be one of them. Um, but there are, there are, I guess, a couple of uh, interesting elements here. I'm going to kind of go to the analysis, just start with the analysis. We have a NetXG 1.04 for Chelsea and a 0.87 for Wolves. But if you look at the shot model, um, it lines up like pretty closely for a draw. It, it's, it's quite even for the shot model goal predictor. And that and the shot model goal predictor lines up with your FDR Mariner that sees it at minus 0.2, really minus 0.2 for attack and 0.2, positive 0.2 for defense. Just really an even matchup across the board. So um, so I, I'm wondering like why, why is it so um, even, right? Uh, why is it such an even matchup? So um, Chelsea have a slightly higher net XG, um, except for NetXG. NetXG reads them a little bit differently. So Chelsea has a slightly higher NetXG due to the expected goals on target disparity between the team. You see it there in the expected stats that says the XGOT, um, that Chelsea have an XG of 8.96 with an X expected goals on target of 9.9 and 10 goals, whereas Wolves have an expected goals of 7.61. So not too far off from the 8.96. But their expected goals on target is only 3.28 with three goals. So where they have, you know, Wolves have only slightly lower XG. It like tanks with with the quality of the shots that they're taking, and it's reflected in the goals that they're scoring. And that's that's really the difference in the teams. Other than that, from a statistical perspective, we're not talking tactically or anything, but from a statistical perspective, they're really like almost exactly the same, other than the, than the finishing. Yeah, yeah. And Wolves are, for all their problems, they're fairly tight defensively, right? They're fairly tight and they'll, they'll set up, they'll be hard, they'll be hard to break down. Um, yeah. Again, like you say, there's not a great deal in anything. There's just the, I did notice that Wolves have got a reasonable headed matchup against Chelsea, but I, I then look to try and find someone who heads the ball for Wolves. <laughs> I couldn't find anyone. <laughs> I got someone for you. Hey? I got someone for you. Go on, then. A, uh, a maligned Spanish Brazilian called named Diego Costa. Oh, yes, of course. He's not on the stats. There we go. That's, not a, on good the stats. That's a good shout. Diego Costa for a headed goal against Chelsea. Against Chelsea. <laughs> oh, hell, that'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah. That, that might get an evil laugh. It should. It, he did. He always deserves an evil laugh when he returns. Well, that would definitely get a muha. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I think I tend to. Yeah, it's one of those games. We did. We did call the West Ham Wolves nil nil, didn't we last week? But it wasn't, thankfully, according to my my good colleague who uh, is just actually flying back now, who is a West Ham fan. Uh, yeah, well, Bruno Lage came out. I was talking out my ass when it was nil when I, when I called it as a nil nil. Well, if Bruno Lodge did some weird things tactically, um, yeah, he's uh, he's he's a little concerning. I think I, I'd be concerned if I were a Wolves fan. Which uh, FPL teacher was in the chat is a Wolves fan, so uh, maybe we'll get his his views on Bruno Lodge here shortly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what he says in the chat. Anyway. All right. So next one: uh, Manchester City against Southampton. I mean, <laughs> well, first things first. First things first. I'm running out of superlatives for for Haaland. Completely, I I am. <laughs> I, I mean, you knew I, I didn't watch the Bundesliga, right? I knew he was a good player. Uh, the bloke's a tank. 
juggernaut, call him what you want, but he's also a juggernaut with a deft touch. And I'm, as I say, for me, I I genuinely think in all my my entire life, I don't think I've seen a finisher like it. And that's as far as I go now. He's a tank and a gazelle. Yeah, I like that. He's both. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Amazing. Just, I mean, you know, and, and it looks like, um, and, you know, we always said that Foden doesn't haul. Well, he did this week. Did Don't you have him in your wild card? No, no, I didn't have him. Oh, balls. I, I had him for over a week. I know. My wild did. card was set, and I got Salah FOMO combined with not wanting to lose the value in, Martin, in Martinelli. Those two things. <laughs> Event said, you know what? I'm not gonna get flowed in. I'm gonna those those were the two things that, that got me this time. That'll teach you to listen yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> They're not unreasonable things, you know. I, I I lamented the I lamented them for a while, but um but I yeah. And I and I'm not liking Salah right now very much, but I've I've made my bed and and we're gonna we're gonna keep going. But let's have a look at Manchester City against Southampton because you know quite clearly um, it, it's going to be a it's a standout matchup, yeah, um, for obvious reasons. But let's let's go through it because there's a couple of little things in there which might just well I, I don't think it gives much hope for Southampton, but it, it might show that the stats are a load of crap. Possibly, I think. Yeah. Um, so. I'm, I'm going to kind of like like the, uh, try to avoid the obvious of this of this matchup, right? Um, but what, what I like here is is I, I want to start with a shot model, and, and I wrote here in the analysis that um, there's an equal chance of Manchester City scoring three goals or more as there are as there is Southampton scoring zero goals. So it's 35 percent chance that Man City scores three or more goals if you add the um, the three and four plus. And there's 35% chance Southampton scores zero goals. Those two things lining up feel like kismet to me. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I don't make predictions, Mariner, but but a three nil seems like just the easiest thing for Manchester City, like in the world. And then then we ask ourselves, well, if it's going to be three, where is it going to come from? Obviously, Oland is going to get his right. Say he gets one or two, and and if there's something left over from that, where where do we see it coming from? As far as the stats are concerned, um, the zonal matchup favors the right side, but that is more a function of like KDB's creative creativity from that side um, than Foden or anyone else. Um, and and it's not really while it started the season, uh, Manchester or uh, Southampton's left side started as a weakness. Gianepo has improved, and then they've kind of solidified that. So, but the stats won't tell us who's going to play there or what their role is going to be. So, I think for this particular matchup, you, you need like a like a grass FC eye test analysis to pair with the the stats. Yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, when you look at this, and you look at this a little bit deeper, you look at the zonals, and they're actually not that good for Manchester City. No, but the thing is, is as we've been saying. The the uh, 
Haaland now instead. Of, I used to have him pinned as a central match, as a central matchup, but now because it, everybody's creating things from him from all over, I'm just, yeah. I've just made him an average matchup now. I can't see the point mm-hmm. of having him as a central one, but it's still not very good. When we come to the captaincy, um, you know, um, that zonal matchup is nowhere near the best this week. Um, and interesting, it's very interesting, but Southampton actually have not conceded that many chances. You know, um, they, I'm just looking for it now. Uh, let me look at my notes. Um, where are we? Zonals. Yeah, no, I'm trying to find it. I can't well, find well, it. While you look for it, I'll just mention the, the shots here. Um, on just to kind of uh, underscore your point on the Southampton side, they're they're actually mid table for defensive shot stats. So we, I, I, they're not the whipping boys that they were when when we began the season, right? Um, that's and right. That's that's represented in in the in the shots conceded, um, and you're saying also it's represented in the chances conceded. I don't know if you have that up yet. Um, yeah, so, so I'm just looking. They're about mid. They're about mid. They're about mid table for big table, right? But actually, for for chances, they they've not con- they're not conceding that many. But big chances, they're about mid table. So I think what you'd probably say is that the what chances they concede are probably big ones, which then means that you don't need that much in the zonals to be able to for it for it to for it to happen. Um, right. Just depends, obviously, who plays for for City. I mean, there was obviously the one thing which put me off KDB, which cost me four points, I think, last week, was the fact that um, hit the possibility he could be rested for for this game. Um, mm. That will remain to be seen. We'll wait and we'll wait and see on the uh, predictions, the hive mind predictions coming out probably on fr- is it will probably come out on Friday afternoon, I would guess. Uh, UK, um, I, if you were contemplating going to KDB and doing the little shuffle shuffle across to, if there's such a word, um, to um, shuffle, to K- shuffle shuffle to a KD- KDB and <laughs> from Salah to KDB, perhaps, then I, I might wait. I might wait. Hmm. You know, certainly, you know, let's let's have a look and uh, as well. I definitely wait. Let's see. Let's see what people think. Well, the, yeah, and from Southampton's perspective, um, I just see like they create mostly through um, James Ward-Prowse on on the right hand side, and Manchester City have conceded the fewest chances from the left. They've only conceded eight chances all season, like one chance per game from the from the left. Um, so I'm not sure if like that right half space will work out for Southampton, but um, but you know. Uh, it, uh, FPL teachers saying that the, you know the whole kind of starting eleven has been um, revamped, and and it's and it's true they have you know well Bella Kocha, boy we've known for, uh, Kaleta Carr started at left center back, but there was another left center back that started the game before. Name starts with an S. I I don't remember his name. So um, they're 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 strengthening a little by little, but I, I, this won't be a match. No, no, no. I mean we don't need to go too much there. By far the best. By far the best match. But the best matchup. Probably, you know, we probably know uh, what we're going to do when we talk about captains later on. I thought need a rocket scientist to work out where that's going to go again. Um, and and yes, I think it's just the risk of rotation for one or two players, and I think that's the always the the you know the 
same same old endemic problem with with City, really, isn't it? Is getting the the right asset for the right game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, every game is a right game. Um, Newcastle against Brentford, Gabe. Newcastle against Brentford. Um, so again, another statistically statistically even match with uh, the slight nods of Brentford here. Um, or sorry, to to Newcastle as far as net XG is concerned, one point two eight for two eight for Newcastle and one point zero seven for Brentford. Um, the shots model goal predictor uh, slightly favors Brentford with, in, or sorry, slightly favors Newcastle, um, but but on, only slightly. I think it's close enough to to say that that they are quite even from a stats perspective, and. You know, I, I think your FDR Mariner has a slight favoritism here for Newcastle, but it's really there's not much in it for you as well, right? That's right. And and again, I, I just think that New, Newcastle at home are a different beast to away. Although saying that, and you you know, this is where um, FDR, FDRs and things get skewed by things like red cards, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I expected that result in a million years. Um, I don't think any of us would have expected that result last week. Um, but but yeah, Newcastle, generally speaking, at home are a different beast. Brentford can always score. Um, and that's why, you know, defensively, um, you know, they're also they're also so it's basically attack over defense here for these 0.7 for Brentford, 1.3 for Newcastle. It's mm-hmm. absolutely 100 percent set up for Callum Wilson. In my opinion, yeah, <laughs> I, I I agree. Look at, that, look at that central matchup for Newcastle at four point three. If we get a nod that Mitrovic is out for any length of time, and I don't think he is, I, I actually think I'm going to be going for Wilson this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think he is either. But definitely, I think Callum Wilson is a would be a a, a logical replacement. Some some differences in the two that that I noted here in the expected stats. Um, Newcastle's underperforming the expected goals on targets. They've scored um, two fewer than than their shots. Their the quality of the shots would dictate. While on the flip side, um, Brentford is overperforming their expected goals on target by scoring a little over two more than their ex- expected than their shots. The quality of their shots are, would dictate. Um, another difference is in the shots category. Like that, they're quite close in rank. So Newcastle have the fourth most shots in the box, and Brentford have the sixth most shots in the box. But Newcastle have ninety-one shots in the box compared to Brentford's sixty-nine shots in the box. Um, so it's actually quite quite a big difference. And I think that's what um, the shots model is is picking up, and that's what NetXG is picking up, uh, f- giving Newcastle the slight favoritism here. Yeah, I mean, Mike's Mike's asking, is it worth his act to Wilson? I mean, I've not. I've not heard what's happening with Isak. Um, I think I would just point you to the experts, Ben Dinnery, see what Ben says about him. How long does he think he's going to be out? Um, yeah, I, 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 that's where I'll be going. In fact, that's where I would be going, Mike. I, would, I wouldn't ask us to clowns <laughs> about injuries. <laughs> I've no idea. What I would say, uh, I mean, look, I really like Isak. Um, I had I owned Isak, sold him immediately, um, got some points, and then ran away from him. But I mean, Wilson to me is is just an injury waiting to happen. Is my is is my concern. It, but you know, and then you know, will they treat him a little bit with 
with kid gloves. Still, you know, will it, will his minutes be will his minutes be managed? I don't know. Um, so on uh, on Ben Dinnery's site, I just brought it up here, PremierInjuries.com. Um, it says potential return the 16th of October. Um, on September 30th, he picked up an injury in training with Sweden, but the scan doesn't look too bad. Um, they're not overly concerned. It's a muscle injury, so a thigh. It's a thigh injury. Right, um, but saying that, you know, muscle injury, you know, all well and good being back, but then you've got a week of possibly being benched. Probably, you know, it just tends to be a slow burner to bring them back in, doesn't it? When yeah. it's muscle for fear of it going and becoming much, much worse. Uh, so from that perspective, you know, um, hell, am I talking some sense here? Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking some Callum Wilson. You're talking some yeah. truth. That's what you're talking about. Talking Callum Wilson. The truth. Yeah, I may be telling the truth for once. <laughs> okay, all right. Got, uh, got some grass FC from teacher here. Some tactics. Newcastle's last half space is going to smash Brentford's right half space. This is either a Willock or a Joe Ellington game. Your your boy, Joe Ellington. No. Oh, got me chest yeah, collapsed. There you go. <laughs> trick. Joe Ellington's chip. My chair just collapsed. Anyway, let's keep going. Um, Brighton against Tottenham. Okay, uh, this this was one of the more interesting ones to, to look at. Brighton against Tottenham. Brighton with a 1.43 net XG. Um, Spurs with 1.51. You look at the shots model goal predictor, um, and it's, again, pretty even. Um, Brighton maybe maybe slightly, or sorry, Spurs slightly favored in it, but, but only by a couple percentage points. And then moving down to your, the FDR there on the bottom, I think... Um, your FDR favors favors actually Brighton over Spurs a little bit here, Mariner, which I which I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, so Brighton, that'll be definitely to do with the home home form of Brighton. So, okay, sure. so that's 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 the that's the home away. Um, from NetXG perspective, Brighton has slightly better attacking stats than Tottenham, but the low shots in the box is drag is dragging down their their NetXG number. So just um, you, you see here in the shots category there. Brighton have um, 55 shots in the box compared to uh, Tottenham 67 shots in the box. Um, this, you know, this this is one of those things like uh, like Holland, you know, isn't isn't that great because he doesn't get many touches. You know, um, you know, Brighton have 55 shots in the uh, sorry, um, 55 shots in the box. They have 35 shots in the box compared to Tottenham's 50. My, my fault. Uh, so 35 shots in the box. And they have 12 goals in the box. Um, Tottenham have 12 goals in the box with 50 shots in the box. So when you're talking with that kind of efficiency and, and you're getting in now, now we saw some dead Serbi ball, right? Um, this, this past weekend. And we saw, we saw the, the one touch passing by the center backs. We saw this happen and we saw well, as soon as Salah charged the ball, two passes and they were in the space behind him. Trent is somewhere in midfield looking for his head. Um, and they just like bomb down the wings, and this so is gonna happen. This, 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 so uh, He's so, so bad. bad. He, well, he runs, he runs around like a headless chicken right now. When he right gets now. the ball, with a kick, he looks like he can score. He, when he gets the ball at his feet, anywhere within thirty yards of the ball, of, of the goal, he looks like he can score or create something. Hmm. But anywhere else, it's just all over the place. 
I honestly, I watching him, I it's it was it was like like watching uh, Germany beat Brazil, and Brazil just couldn't do anything right. And I and I, I have to say, I have to admit, I I, I feel sorry for Trent. He looks um like he's suffering like he he really just does not know what to do with him with himself to turn things around it reminds, um, reminds me of steam packet fc in the scunthorpe and district sunday league on a sunday morning with a certain chris turner playing right back after 10 pints of lager <laughs> well there you go um <laughs> I don't know what to say like here's 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 Brighton. Let me here's a taste of Brighton's efficiency, right? Against Liverpool, Brighton had six shots in the box, right? They, that resulted in six big chances and three goals. <laughs> Those numbers are madness. So so I think we're gonna get these kinds of numbers from Detserbi. It won't be a. It might not be like a lot of chances or a lot of shots, but the the ratio of chances the big chances will be pretty high and the goals will be pretty high the only thing i would say is is he asking players to do things that they can't do one touch defect one touch balls in defense right you know it's lewis dunk it's um veltman made a couple of bad mistakes during the game i watched that game he made a couple of really you know quite serious howlers trying to trying to speed that but you know to, you know trying to play those decisive or you know mortuous perhaps incisive balls you know where you know tr trying to get the ball moving not all these players are actually it's going to take time for them to get to what he's trying to do and mm -hmm. that's why whilst spurs is a negative uh fixture difficulty this week they i think they'll score that's what i think i think there'll be a mistake somewhere I've got a funny feeling there might be a mistake in Brighton's defence. And I'm, and I'm not sure I would be so keen on Brighton's defence. So that. I I don't... I, I think I think Klopp made a big mistake. Um, unless Jota was injured, Jota absolutely had to start against Brighton. Has You you start your best pressing player against Detserbi and his build-out from the back, have, you know, Lewis Dunk, like you say, playing one-touch... One touch football with Robert Sanchez in the box <laughs> to try to attack. Like it sounds absolutely absurd. And if you play, if if Jota plays, Jota falls. One touch off his bollock or something, or off his knee, and that'll be it, right? And it'll drop. It'll drop to Kane. He'll rifle it in from ten yards. It, so, so what's going to happen against Spurs is yeah, he he has to play Richarlison. And and I'm pretty sure it'll be Richarlison and Sonnet and Kulusevsky will, will will get the bench because those are the best pressing players. Richarlison is a is a pressing master just the the, the way Jota is. And I mean, for like a, if anyone's doing like um Nick Khan, Nick Khan tweets on Twitter, he's doing this like pick a player challenge. Um I think Richarlison would be a good player to pick for that. Yeah, yeah, actually I I, I see that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good call. To be fair, I hate him, but yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, just looking at some chats, we've got Andy in. Hi, Andy. And um, yes, I'm sorry I missed you in in the UK when I was there, and I certainly won't be there for the FCAs. I'm afraid I'm, I'm stuck here for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, he sees a, a fairly even one-one game, and he sees a number of saves. So I suppose there's mm -hmm. the hope for Sanchez and and Larice there. Um, I was very impressed with Brighton going forwards, I've got to say. But, you know, 
quite frankly, is that just the fact that Trent was just so bad? And not just Trent. I tell you who else, it looks like he's stood in a bloody you know, pot of manure right now is Van Dyke. Just he there, he's still there. Van Dyke for me. Um just just doesn't look at the just doesn't look at the races. Liverpool look like they're going to concede every week to me right now. I am so happy I've no Liverpool defenders right now. I, yeah, I, there's no value in Liverpool defense un, until until maybe 13 when their fixtures change. I mean, I, I could I could see that, but just seeing just for me, it's 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 more than tactics or systemic or even opponent. Like there's a, it's a psychological thing for me that that I see in those defenders, and and until that changes, I, I'm not really that interested. We'll see. We'll see about Trent. We'll see in game, come game week 13. Tomorrow's problem, as I say. Yeah, we'll cover that. We'll cover Liverpool later on anyway. So let's go to Crystal Palace and Leeds. Uh, Zaha did for me always. He was always going to. The moment I bring him in, he stops scoring. That's just. That's just. Chris Turner's relationship with Zaha. Yeah, I mean, at the Chelsea was always very speculative whether he was going to return against Chelsea. I guess, um, and 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 Zaha is he is a streaky player, right? So I, I hope this is not the end of his streak because I just brought him in as well. Um, this this was an interesting analysis here because there's disagreement between the models. Uh, Chris NetXG with Crystal Palace at 0.91 and Leeds at 1.48. Um, well, your FDR Mariner has Palace at positive 2.1 and Leeds at a very neutral 0.1. I wonder if there's some home away split, um, if that's if that's a difference again. Almost certainly. We really need to get these home and aways lined up for the two. We'll do this next time we get a chance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, for me, I just look at this and I see... A positive fixture ability for Palace here. Um, uh, you know, Palace now defensively are not the team they were um, from to, compared to last season. It's quite noticeable a drop off. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, and and I think what you'll see here, interestingly enough, is that Palace Leeds is zonals actually line up don't necessarily match the fixture difficulty which is an interesting thing so i i think here again i think we'll see some i I think we'll see i think we'll see goals here i I, i've got a feeling i I am much more confident for zaha uh obviously leads no sinistera thank god i didn't listen to who was it fpl banger chris picks in his error no (laughs) Thank you, Siva. Thank God for that. <laughs> that would have finished me off. You'd, have, you'd, have, yes. <laughs> uh, anybody who picked him, unlucky, you know. Um, but yes, Leeds' matchup looks pretty tasty with respect to the zones. Doesn't necessarily follow with respect to the actual fixture difficulty. But saying that, I'm not too worried about. I'm, I'm not so bullish on Palace these days at home like I was. I used to be very bullish on it, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Palace at home was was always a difficult fixture. I mean, they've had some difficult fixtures at home as well, so the data may be skewed a little bit there. Um, but just just like Palace defense isn't what they used to be, Leeds defense is also not what they used to be. And I think now they're like, at least statistically speaking, they're about equal. Um, not tactically speaking, but from a stats perspective, I think they, they line up. Um, and then the, the what I wrote here is that 
Um, the shots model likes leads because of their shots in the six. That's the SIX there, shots in the six. And the NetXG likes the shots and the goalkeeper influence. Now, <laughs> I apologize. I, I flipped the, the goalkeeper. That should be the other way around. I have the, the Palace data under leads and the leads data under Palace. Um, but Guaita has the fourth worst expected goals prevented. And then Melier has the fifth best expected goals prevented. So flip those around if you're, if you're watching here in the, in the YouTube. I was rushing to create all 10 <laughs> slides. So sometimes there's some mistakes. Um, and, and that's, you know, one of the reasons, again, we mentioned it last week, why Guaita could get benched for, for Johnstone if, if his XGP continues to, um, kind of like be, if he continues to produce these numbers for his XGP. Uh, but those are, and then the zonal matchups are baked in to NetXG. So I think that's why NetXG also favors leads uh, over, over Palace is that it's, it's already in there in that metric. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, so let's, um, let's keep going. West Ham against Fulham. Now, here's another. There we go. So now we've got Jared Bowen coming back into the into the picture. Finally, a double return. Um, and yes, are we now going to see the resurgence of West Ham? He got the points of a double return. Let's just leave it at that. He got the points, but not the actual. I don't know whether he got the actual return on the assist. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I just look at numbers because I've been that out of the picture for that. Was it the Grand Prix getting covered in mud all weekend, as, as you know? So. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so I, I call this one a statistically suffocating matchup uh, with uh, the, an extremely high likelihood of zero goals and or one goal. If you look at the, the shot model goal predictor, we have Fulham 40% chance of zero goals, 38% chance of one goals. West Ham, 37% chance of zero goals, 38% chance of one goals. Um, so it's, 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 I guess it's, it's one of those. We don't know if Mitrovic is good, is going to play. Um, the, I think your, um, your FDR sees it as, I guess, neutral for West Ham and negative for Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be even more negative if Mitrovic isn't playing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but saying that, you know, the zonals as well really don't like Fulham here. Um, but I, I think, again, Mitrovic is another player who doesn't need many chances. He just needs one chance, you know, and he, he's that habit of popping up and scoring. So if he plays, then, yes, I, I'm a, a little bit more optimistic for Fulham. I actually think they could get a bit of a shakalacking this week. And and I think I think West Ham is a little bit of a sleeping giant, or or like a like a, they're about to explode. Not explode because it's David Moyes, so they'll never truly explode. But, but the reason I think that is because of the the shots and the expected um, stats categories there. So in, on the expected front, West Ham they're, they're the worst underperformer of XG uh, with negative four point six one. The next worst is Forest at minus two point nine two. So it's quite it's quite the difference in underperformance. Whereas Fulham, they're the the fourth highest over overperformer of expected goals non penalty at plus four point six five. That's a swing of like all oh, of like nine plus goals <laughs> yeah. of like overperformance and underperformance. And then if you look at the shots, West Ham are mid table for shots in the box with fifty eight. Fulham are also mid-table with 62 shots in the box, but Fulham have scored 11 goals in the box compared to West Ham's three, 
having a similar uh, number of shots in the box. So I, I do expect that to start to start to turn around for West Ham, especially at home. Tell me um, another option if you were uh, if we, we if you've got a, a situation with someone like Isak. What about Skamaka? Uh, is he going to start? Is he? Well, I don't think he started last week, didn't he? Over over Antonio. I would say once does not a pattern make. No, I know that. But saying that, um, you know, are we seeing a changing of the guard? I am starting to think it's worth a, it's worth a look, right? I'm not mm. saying we'd go yet. But watch what list. Keep it. Watch that. I think he's firmly now on the watch list. He could mm -hmm. be a very he could be a very cheap way into that into that attack. Mm -hmm. Far cheaper than Bowen, clearly. Um, and Antonio, you know, is back to his couldn't in a barn door from a yard scenario again. Um, and doesn't seem that interested, quite frankly. It's a shame. Um, but for me, um, yeah, I, I quite like the look of um, hmm. actually quite like the look of him. Yeah. So anyway, let's see. I mean, obviously, um, very much dependent to watch and wait, possibly. Anyway, there we go. Right, Arsenal against Liverpool. So, <laughs> right here we go. Martinelli. Martinelli going to tear Trent another one. I, I think he will. <laughs> but not, but not, not just Martinelli. One of the players. I mean, when I when I bring Arsenal players back into my team, I I mean, Shaka is one of the players that I that I will want in my team. Martinelli and Shaka, they almost have, they have almost the same potential threat, in the sense that. Whether whether it's going to be wide or or in the half space, if Martinelli goes wide, he can penetrate from wide, or Martinelli can penetrate from the half space. If he stays in the half space, um, sorry, if if he goes wide, then Xhaka penetrates the half space. If Martinelli stays in the half space, then Mar then Xhaka, what he does sometimes is he'll drift towards the center and even make it to the other side in the far post, especially if Zinchenko is pushing up. And Zinchenko being back, I think pushes everybody on on that left hand side forward. And and puts them almost in like a three three four for formation when 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 Zinchenko plays. Um, so Martinelli is going to be doing doing that all season. I think Jacques is a great great option. And if Martinelli has a, has a chance to haul, then I, I think Jacques will also have a chance to haul. From yeah, I mean, there's been this. I mean, I I have this bias against Jacques, and I'm clearly wrong. You know, when you look at the numbers, I'm wrong. But he just—I've always said he just likes what looks like a walking red card to me. But he's not. But no. he just looks—he just looks like he is. And I—I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't you know, know exactly what it is. Come on, <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> just have to admit it. <laughs> oh, I, I have to say, at that price, at the price he's at, you, like five point one. Do a lot worse. It's amazing. Five point not till game week third. I mean, for me, I, I think I would probably, I, I wouldn't be rushing to make a change at that level. But if you were wild carding in game week thirteen, thirteen, wow, get on him. I, I suggest get on him if he's still playing the way he is, and it's still, nothing much changes between now and then, and he's not on four yellows, which he could be. To be fair, that's the only thing which might put me off him. Is if he gets close, if he got close to four, if he gets close to his to the 
to, to it, a band. Say that you could just bench him anyway. The isn't week he is on out. one yellow? I think he's only yeah. on one. No, he's not. He's on two. Oh, two. I was thinking he was on three, and I was going to laugh at everybody three or four, and then then poo poo everybody's uh, granite jacker. That's what you wanted to be true. That's what you wanted to be true. You need to update that perception, as Miguel Halpin tells us. You're absolutely right. I do. Yeah, and uh, you know these. You've said it about philosophy, Gabe. You've got these inherent biases, and they're very hard to get rid of, aren't they, Harvey Barnes? (laughs) I got rid of Harvey Barnes. Gone from my bias, thanks to Siva. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, um, it's, but it's, the, it's, but let's just, the, like yeah, let's said, go back to the matchup here. Let's look at the numbers. So Arsenal positive, very positive, one point eight. Hmm. You know, again, um, that as much Arsenal very very good now um, at home. Clearly showed that again last week. Um, Liverpool, on the other hand, defensively are frail. Um, you know, um, looking at the zonals, Arsenal's down the middle, very, very positive, 4.6. But as you say, number of players can actually benefit from that, not just Jesus. Um, Liverpool, obviously, on the right-hand side, uh, 5.1. I mean, is that going to change the way Arsenal set up to try and negate Salah? You know, or... Mm. Are they going to, you know, are we going to see a slight change to the way Arsenal play to try and to try and uh, protect him? He didn't play against Arsenal when I went. Mike gave me, uh, I got Mike's ticket actually when they played uh, at the end of last season. Uh, me and Nima went, uh, and Salah came off the bench, so I didn't really see them obviously change the way that they perhaps play. Or obviously, it's changed from season from last season to this season. But it will be interesting to see whether Arsenal set up slightly differently, perhaps whether it's Tierney, actually, instead of, Zinchenko, instead of Zinchenko. Could be. For that reason. And that might change things, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, obviously Liverpool's uh, right-hand side favours uh, that. And we saw that Yota played in a 10 overnight um, with Nunes up top. So are we going to see Firmino again? At the weekend, highly likely, I think. Hmm. But I don't know. It's 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 tough. It, it's it all comes down to like what what the what the managers want to do tactically, right? If 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 you think of Arsenal, Arsenal want to control the ball in central midfield, and Liverpool want to bypass central midfield when they have the ball. Um, so these are like completely contrasting styles. Um, now, if Klopp wants to win the ball back, right, and, and get and get the ball quickly to, to the guys up, up front, then he'll play Jota. But if he needs somebody to come into central midfield to show some kind of presence there, then then it'll be Firmino. But I, so I I just I don't know how he's going to approach it. I, I got I got the uh, the Brighton game completely wrong. Apparently, uh, Darwin. Somebody said Darwin Nunez was was supposed to start. And he got injured in warm-ups. I'm not sure how true that is, but if, if that's if that's the case, then I really got that Brighton matchup wrong. Because I I mean, Darwin Nunez is not a, a person. Uh, he doesn't press like like Jota. So, as we say, we've always got to be very careful about our inherent biases. Oh no, he's given us reason to have a bias against him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what do you go? Let's let's try and predict this score. Come on, let's have a let's have a bit of fun on this one. 
Okay. Um, well, I mean, the, the shot model lines up pretty evenly here with a high probability of like one or two goals. So if we're looking at kind of one and two goals, I think just based on form, Arsenal will dictate the, the tempo of this game and Liverpool will, will try to play kind of a counterattack. I'm going to say 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, and I am going to go with 2-1 Arsenal. I do think Liverpool will score. Yeah. I've just got I, a habit. You know, I think, you know, Liverpool have always got that chance to score. And I, I think, you know, that there is enough there is enough there to suggest that Liverpool can get something. Um in in my eyes anyway. But I, I do think Arsenal have got too much for them at home. Yeah. Right now. And and particularly, you know, with that I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but Wheelie bin of Van Dyke right now in in he's as I say, he's really off it. And so him and Trent, you know, Martinelli and anyone I mean, that. think of the Zinchenko, if it is Zinchenko, Zinchenko, Martinelli, Xhaka triangle on the left hand side against Trent. Yeah, I nearly got struck by lightning then, by the way. The moment I said that, there was an almighty flash of lightning. And oh, is that what you looked at? I didn't pick it up on the mic, it's that loud. So that, <laughs> clearly someone don't like what I've just said. <laughs> be punished. Let's go to the next one. If the power goes off, you're on your own. Everton against Manchester United. Um, Everton against Manchester United, NetXG likes Everton, interestingly enough, at 1.22 compared to 0.91 for United. When you look at the shot model goal predictor, it, again, it's very even across the board. 37% chance for one goal for both of the teams is the most likely scenario there. We continue down to the FDR, and, and again, there's parity with negative 0.6 for attack for Everton, negative 0.4 for United. And the flip of 0.4 and 0.6 uh, on the defensive side. Um, so when, when kind of looking into this, when what, what I said was uh, statistically speaking, this matchup is is a difference in goalkeeper. Um, that isn't. I wrote that is not nearly the entire story. Um, so that you have to see like what they do tactically because uh, the teams are are quite different here. Um, but the let's see. Manchester United, fewest chances created from the left, only 17 chances created from the left. And Everton uh, concedes 21 chances from the center compared to 75 from the flanks. So you want to see more creation. That, that, that basically leaves Manchester United with only the right side to create. And when you get that predictable from a chances perspective, um, it usually doesn't... It means things are, things are going to be not as easy as you thought. So what happens... With the, what the tactical slide will suggest, and you can find that on the thread uh, just as a reminder, um, is that Christian Eriksen picks up the ball. Like he's he's the he links the Manchester United link their counterattack from Christian Eriksen to, to Bruno Fernandez. Christian Eriksen in the left half space, the defensive half space, links to Bruno Fernandez in the right attacking half space, um, and then and then that's why Manchester United's chances come from that right side where Bruno Fernandez receives the ball. Um, but the things don't, when that's all you can do, and when the other team is really sitting back and playing, like just sit, sitting in a, sh in a defensive shell, then doing that kind of like plan A becomes very difficult. Plan B doesn't really line up for United, and then they don't really create from the, their left-hand side. So I, th I think this is a tricky matchup at, um, 
at Goodison for for the Red Devils. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's the, interestingly the uh, zonals uh, Manchester United's right significantly favoured, significantly mm. favoured. Yeah, there. that chances created from that side is, yeah. is always high. Yeah, yeah, zonals. Sorry, did I say that? So yeah, so from the right hand side, uh, Everton's left and centre headed matchups. One of the best ones of the week, actually. Hmm. For Manchester United against Everton, you've mentioned that Ronaldo is the own. I was looking for the head for the one who create who possibly got the header. Obviously, Slabhead is confined to the dustbin, quite rightly. <laughs> so, uh, but so is Ronaldo right now. So, I mean, is he going to come on and uh, sneak a header later, late on, and ruin any ruin my clean sheet? It's written in the stars, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It's written in the stars to steal my Pickford clean sheet. I actually think Pickford could get a few saves there. I think Manchester United will give it a go. I've got a feeling they'll give it a go. Um, I think Everton might catch them. I think Everton probably catch them on the break. Um, the, the thing is, Manchester United, they haven't looked good when they've had to do stuff with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and Everton are going to sit back on them and be like, okay, do something. Just play... play counter-attacking football and just pass the ball around the back and it's nil-nil. There we go. <laughs> I hope, I hope honestly, like, and I'm not a fan of either one of these teams, but I hope we see some Eric Ten Hag ball. I hope we see what their, their plan A kind of work a little bit better so we can have a better idea of what they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I mean, look, there's a, a player who obviously scored twice when he came off the bench in Martial. Um, obviously, just coming back from injury, we said how interesting Martial could be in pre-season mm -hmm. uh, with a lack of Ronaldo. It looks like, it, you know, again, Ronaldo is basically gone, I think. So I, I think in real terms, Martial could be an interesting option in a few weeks' time. But again, he's going to be treated very, very carefully to start with. So uh, let's see how things go. But let's let's also just have a, just in the, in the dim and in the distant future, let's keep an eye out for Martial because that, I think I think we could end up owning him before the end of this season. That's my mm. perspective. Um, okay, uh, Villa against Forest. Now this is it. <laughs> right, Villa against Forest. What what can we say? Um, Forest have got a positive defensive fiction. <laughs> 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 oh, shows how shit Villa are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say about this fixture. <laughs> They're absolute shit. It's so bad. They are so bad. This is two. This is championship football in the Premier League. It's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, Villa joint sixth fewest uh, big chances conceded. I guess that's something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, second fewest shots on target against the fifth fewest shots on target. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shot model goal predictor, 37% chance of zero goals for They're all the same. They all line up. There's like no difference. They're both equally shit from a shot's perspective. <laughs> it's like there's nothing here. It's absolute crap, isn't it? There's just it's nothing. Just shit. nothing there. You know, net XG 1.16 against 0.75. Yo. Uh, well, I mean, you know, 37%. Of this is... 
Look how great it is. 37% of zero goals for both teams. 39% of one goal. All right, so they give it just a slight chance of getting one goal, but uh, fucking broken clocks twice, twice, correct twice a day. And and then you look at the fixture difficulty and you see that negative fixture difficulty, attack over, uh, attack uh, below defence. Uh, but Forest defence of 0.9 positive. I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pissed. And then you look at the zonals, and I suppose there's a bit left and centre for, <laughs> for Villa, but that's only because it's Forest. But heading back, fucking waste of time too. I mean, there's literally nothing there. It's just there's nothing there. It's going to be four all. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're waiting to hear what we say about this matchup, then you're, I don't think you're doing FPL right. I mean, do you know what? Forest at home, right? I'm going to predict. I think Forest are going to beat them. There we go. I think Forest might actually beat them, and I don't know why. I don't know whether it's just my inherent look. Many years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, love for Forrest. Maybe it's going to come out. And my hatred, my, my, my absolute hatred for Stephen Gerrard. So, right. <laughs> what, what do we do? I'm, I'm actually struggling to speak. It's so bad, this. I, I think we, we quickly move on. <laughs> anyway, we've had a laugh about it anyway. So, yeah. No, uh, do you know what? I, I, the, the, I really like Brennan Johnson. I think he's a good player. I really do like him. Uh, you know, he looks he looks lively, and uh, for me, yes. And Villa have got and Villa got a lot of injuries. Dean's out. His cash out. I think cash is on his on the mend. I can check really quickly, but um, nah, sorry, don't worry about it. We can let anybody comment on it, but yeah, we'll. Uh... <laughs> I don't think we need to go on too much more about it. Oh God! Right. Anyway, I'm pleased everybody's enjoying the the chat. There's a lot of laughter in the chat going on. <laughs> I think we're brightening people's late evenings up in the UK. So, so there we go. So there's the matchups. Anyway, let's have a quick look. So, City are best. Palace against Leeds second. Arsenal against Liverpool third. And Newcastle uh, fourth best for attack this week. Defensively, City against Southampton two point four. West Ham against Fulham one point one. Forest third best. <laughs> Villa are so bad that Forest have a positive defensive matchup. That's how bad they are. The third best. Forest the third. I still don't mind the Bailey start that Andy Martin's brother-in-law is considering. He's starting him over Trent. Forest have got the third best fixture difficulty for defense this week. Oh my god! Can we play two six? Can we play two at the back this week? <laughs> we might concede down the flanks. No, seriously, honestly, no, honestly. If there ever was a three, if there was ever a three at the back week, it's this week. Look at those. Look at those FDR matchups for defense. Yeah, it, it, we didn't talk about many clean sheets, did we? No, no. City, play them all. Always. Treble City defense. Watch them concede. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, ten to twelve. So including the others, including City's blank, they're still top. Mm. <laughs> that shows how good City are with respect to fixture difficulty, right? 
Um, Brighton, 5.4. There we go. There's a little trossard for you. I, you know, even, you know, 5.4. Liverpool, 4.1. Newcastle, 3.7. Why we possibly have the truth in our uh, in, in our minds, perhaps. Or maybe Willock or... or Christ, I, game, I think game week 13 wildcards are going to be really interesting because of Trussard, the, the Trussard factor. You know, you, you can't have them all, right? The the 8 million midfielders, the 7 to 8 million midfielders, you got Trussard. And I'm just like, how are you going to like uh, construct that and piece it together will be very interesting. You want him now. Looking at that fixture difficulty, he wants him sooner. I, I want Trussard right away. Yeah. <laughs> I'd argue you want him sooner rather than later because actually the fixtivity drops off a bit between 13 and 16, not gets better. Mm, right. right. So you have to look at it like that. You see Brighton's fixtivity is falling away. I, I keep going back. I keep going on about this. 13 to 16 is template city. It's we're back to where we were. Yeah. Um, yes. If you spunk your wild cards like me and Gabe, then, you know, unlucky, you're going to have to make some moves. But saying that, I've set myself up in a relatively reasonable manner to be able to get to, back to that point. But but yeah, I, I think if you're holding your wild card, it'll be a very good time to play it um, because that fixture ability swings quite nicely back in the favour of Manchester City, look, 14.1, Liverpool, 10.1, Arsenal, 6.7, Spurs, 7.4, Everton, fucking, fucking hell, Everton, <laughs> Everton 5.2. I nearly fell off my chair again. We're a <laughs> horror. Oh, no. There we go. Minus 3.2. Back to normal. We're Aston Villa. Minus 5.4. Ah, they're pants, aren't they? And, and uh, one popular transfer uh, will be Madison out. Look how Leicester's uh, FDR kind of drops off a cliff from 13 to 16. And, you know, Madison to Xhaka, for example, will give you cash to maybe upgrade to Jesus up front or something like that. And there, there you're getting two Arsenal players for, for that run-in, which will be nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. It's a, You can see that move, can't you? Um, I mean, people who own players like Zaha, he's just going to just tick along, isn't he? He's, yep. he's one of those players. That, I, I, I've popped him in, but I, I'm not mad on it. I'm, I'm not... I'm not mad on him, but saying that is just talismanic. So I think that's all he needs. You know. His role varies, though. Sometimes they need him to link up with 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 Ben White deep, and some and but recently they were Ben White's like bombing down the wing and overlapping um, Saka. So um, I, I meant, uh, yeah, sorry, did I say Saka? I meant Zaha. Oh, Zaha. Maybe you did say Zaha. I, I heard Saka. Sorry, oh, sorry. White Zaha's sorry, sorry. right. Uh, you, you've you still got this. You you you're still. You're still trying to recover from that Forest and Villa matchup. <laughs> I'm still there. I'm still there. The, um, the headed matchups. So let's have a quick look at the headed ones. So uh, again, as we said, it, we've got Newcastle against Brentford has been the best headed matchup this week at three point three. Hmm. Um, Wolves, United, and City. The only player I could really find for the headed matchups was Haaland. <laughs> the rest, I was like, mm. maybe Adam Wilson, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, Wolves, I couldn't find anyone. United, it would be Ronaldo or or Slabhead, and neither of them, which, which would be probably on the pitch. So there we go. So I think, yeah, not a great deal to talk about. The headed matchups and the zonals, as we've said, uh, just need to not move the cap because it's about to knock my drink over. Um, Liverpool's right, Leeds left, 
Manchester United's right, Arsenal's centre are the best matchups. We've already covered these. In the long range, um, if you have a look at uh, Newcastle, in the longer range, 13 over Fulham, seven. Nearly double with respect to zonals going forward. Now, is Mitrovic twice the finisher of someone like Callum Wilson? Uh, or or is that... I didn't move it forward. Sorry, I thought I'd moved it. I thought I'd moved it. I got you. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, yeah, on the zonals, if you look at that, you can see uh, Fulham at 6.8 and Newcastle at 13. So there we go. You know, is Mitrovic that, you know, it doesn't, they do, these, the zonals don't really follow up with Mitrovic's um, threat possibly or returns. I, I would say Mitrovic is more powerful than the zonal matchup. He will overcome poor zonal matchups. Oh, that's fair enough. Uh, but it's a point worth making. But yeah, yeah. It'll be easier or harder for him to do so. Um, but but I, I think if he's healthy, he, he's just too obvious. Yeah. No, you, I, I think so. And I think it's just, again, if they're going to get something, they'll get... That, that result last week, I don't think we take much into that. I think that was just one of those weeks. And I, I mean, I just hope he was taken off because the game was lost. Yeah, I, I I hope I hope so as well. He's so talismanic for them that, that what if they do anything, he, he will be involved. So yeah, um, yeah hopefully it's it was precautionary. All right. Should we have a look at the captain metric? Yeah, and uh, and then uh, people in the chat, if uh, if you want to start getting some questions ready, we'll 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 get them ready for just after the captaincy here. Yeah. Can you do us a favor and just check Discord see if there's any questions in there? I'm not sure. Normally Nima yeah. would do this, but uh, I haven't got around to it yet either. So just check that. Uh, right, here we go. Let's have a look at the captain metric. Right, captain metric. And there we go. It's Haaland. And it's nearly a sea of 100s. <laughs> very nearly. We're getting very close to it, right? Um, minutes are not a concern for him. So far, <laughs> but you know, um, he's just maybe doesn't need the minutes to score two goals anyway, does he? He gets a trick in the first half these days, most of the time, anyway. Um, 82 for out of 100, remember, because it's percentiles now for minutes. Halls 100, returns 100, form 100, fixture difficulty 100, at any time returns 100. Expected points, 100, and zonal matchup. There we go. This is where it just, it's very strange. This this is Southampton not conceding small, not, not conceding small chances, just possibly big chances, <laughs> um, which doesn't help with. So that may as well be 100 as well. Um, and there we go. Uh, 93, still up well high. It would be cracky. I, I mean, he's just, it's just amazing. The bloke's just a monster. And, uh, you know, well, at least we don't have to have a much of a conversation about captaincy for the next few weeks. Maybe we'll, we'll have a conversation about it in game week 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can put it away till then. Yeah, I think we can. Um, 
Foden second, interestingly now, jumped over KDB. Foden is doing Foden is doing bits. And it looks like he's striking up quite a nice partnership with Man you saying that KDB is also striking up quite a nice partnership with Haaland. I think the difference is Foden's getting goals and KDB is getting assists yeah. more often than not. Yes. So I think that might be why we're seeing a difference there. You can just see that um De Bruyne is probably more likely to get hauls. But yeah, and it just strikes me that the only reason Foden's above KDB here is probably the, is because of the zonal matchup. Mm. Because mm-hmm. he's probably more likely to be on, I would imagine he'll play on the left, which is, was slightly better if I recall. So, um, although he's not forced to, is he? He's not forced to play there. He could he could end up somewhere else uh, or it could be a Mares week. And he did bids from the right this past week, so... Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't really... I think treat the zones with a pinch of salt. I mean, it, yeah. it does take it into account. It does move things very, very slightly. But as we always say with these with these metrics, you've got to unpick them. It's all well and good looking at them and blindly following them. But I don't always follow it. In fact, I've scored more points than the metric this year because I haven't followed it from week to, for some weeks. Um, mm. So, you know, it's but it's improving now. Uh, it's starting to sort itself out. But interesting enough, let's look at some of the other players. Zaha sat there, right? Um, sat there in fourth. Um, minutes are slightly down. I can't remember why that's the case, but it clearly is. I don't know if he's – was he rested or was he injured? Or was he – I can't remember. I can't remember why he was. I know he was injured one in one week. He was out He was out one week, so um, we won't worry about that too much. Um, Halls 86 returns 80 fixture field is very good anytime returns quite high as well yeah not bad um, Tony, Saka, Salah Jesus, Callum Wilson even sat there without any Halls at all obviously but mm. Callum Wilson sat there now um, slowly starting to make his way up there, Madison's not there I think that's because of the fixture difficulty mm. because um, again, if I recall, uh, the fixed difficulty for Madison is about was about neutral, wasn't it? Away at Brentford, if I recall. Can you check that? Yeah. Um... yeah. If you're a zonal man, I'm not against Madison. Uh, I, I wouldn't be against Madison as a as a complete ultra, mm. a complete ultra differential. Metric doesn't support it this week. So it's a point four attack against Bournemouth away yeah. uh, because it's away. Yes, doesn't doesn't support it. The zonal supports it. The fixture difficulty doesn't, in my opinion. So um, Neto G does though. Yeah, he was Sorry. a miles better. He was a miles better captaincy shout this week than last week. Miles yeah, better. I, I think we had him third or fourth last week. Yeah, yeah, he if was up there. Number, but, yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, so nothing too much. We don't need to worry about the captaincy too much. So it's it's a Haaland captaincy week. Another huge EO, no doubt. Um, pick your vice captains carefully, though. That'll be an inter- that'll be a more interesting discussion, mm-hmm. um, just in case. But I, oh, well, let's let's hope it doesn't become a problem. Uh, but it could be quite interesting if it did. <laughs> <laughs> So, right, have we got some questions? Uh, not many. 
That's good. Which is, which is probably good. Well, that's good. Exactly. Um, Dom Black Dragon, the, our, our hauler that wasn't listed. Apologies, Dom. He says, gimmick 13 onwards. Who has a higher ceiling, Cancelo or Foden? Can we drop Cancelo for Foden or as our third city option? What do you think? Uh, let's put the fixture difficulty up and have a look, shall we? Um, where was it? So 13 onwards. Who's got the highest ceiling? Cancelo or Foden? Cancelo or Foden? Foden, 14.1. Cancelo, 5.8. If Cancelo doesn't get any attacking returns, which he could do, but he's not getting many. His stats wouldn't suggest it either. So. No, I think he's Foden right now. But yeah. Maybe. But saying that, you know, it's, Cancelo is nailed. And the risk you've got here is for the, all the differential that Foden is by having that extra attacker, are you going to get punished by the EO of City's defence the other way? You know, I, I, I like to hedge my bets with this. And that's why, despite the stats suggesting that, I don't think Cancelo's going anywhere in my team. You could you could account for that by going Ederson and goal. You could, yeah, you could if you're wildcarding. Yes, Ederson, Foden, yes. Holland. Yes, that would work. But as someone who's burnt his wildcard now and heading towards the World Cup now with 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 Cancelo, I'm quite certain I, I can't see him going anywhere. So, but yeah, you make a good point, Gabe. Yeah, it's worth considering. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's only four weeks before you can think about, uh, you've only got four or five, oh, I think it's four game weeks, isn't it? 13, 14, 15, 16, then the World Cup. So the game week, the World Cup, 16 is the last game week before the World Cup, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I've, that's why I've set this up for just 16. Um, and um, for that reason, yeah, you could go with him for four weeks and then then change your team again with your unlimited transfers in the uh, during the World Cup, right? Yeah. Yep. No harm at all. Um, this World Cup's going to really cause us some fucking chaos in weeks to come. <laughs> Nearly as much chaos as a Forest and Villa matchup. Anyway, um, what other questions have we got, mate? Um, let me see. Here's a question about... Triple captain from Greenback Golfer. We'll do that another time, triple captain. Actually, I'll, I'll get back to you on Discord on that one. Um, let's see. Here's one from Mr. Underscore Twister. City and Arsenal so far are dominating the league. Is there enough upside in keeping or bringing in more than three of their assets and field an incomplete team in game week 12? One thing that actually I, I was thinking of is you can have four of their assets and still field a complete team if one of those assets is Ederson. Yeah, you said that. So, um, so yeah, I, I, th I think there's upside in that approach, but I don't know that I would be planning my team to for, for an incomplete team in in twelve. If if I could uh, if I could get around that, I, I don't think I would do that. Um, what else have we got? Let's see. So, so that's all from Discord. We do have a few starred questions here in the chat. Um, well, you, you can answer this one. Let's go for this. Keep or sell gross. You're the ones who've been looking. At, you've been looking at the matchups. If it's if it's on a free transfer, you got to keep. Um, I, I think the the Brighton attackers are definitely a hold right now. It's Trussard is the one that you want. 
So look to get him, but uh, but if you have Gross, you might as well keep him. Yeah. Okay. Daddy Bot, should I keep? Should I hold on to Trent? If not, who else besides Cancelo, James, or Trippier? Well, most people have wildcarded wildcarded into that treble, haven't they? I certainly did. You did. Yeah. Um, who else? I, I mean, look, defensively, I don't see much, much in defense in with respect to defense right now. Um, I think I'd probably hold him. I think I think I'd probably just hold him because there's no hold. one else I really want. So, I mean, unless you wanted to go, unless you wanted to pump some money into midfield, then what you could do is possibly go to somebody who's got a plum fixture in twelve, who you need to, who you perhaps need there. Um, I don't know, Gway, someone like that, got a good fixture, I think, in 12, saves you some money, and then you can pump that somewhere else. Maybe you can get to Trossard or someone like that from uh, Andreas or something like that. It, yeah, I'm not, that, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too objectionable to go five across midfield right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of options in midfield, so, yeah. um Yeah. But I, I I don't I don't think he's he's worth the money and he's no showing no signs of turning anything around. Or, so I, I mean the, the commentary they saw um, <clears throat> um who was it uh, Milner warming up the commentator called it that Trent was going off and it didn't they actually took Simicass off but yeah. I actually they called it was Trent I wouldn't have been at all surprised to see Trent going off at fifty seven fifty eight minutes again. Um, and you can just see that it's already happened once where the clean sheet got blitzed by uh, by him going off at 57 minutes, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, you can you, I already see it again. So even when you think you're going to get a clean sheet, he's playing that badly. They're just withdrawing him. Yep. Right. Okay. Next one, Andy. I'm wildcarding in 13, so I'm selling Arsenal assets. I'm worried about Saka to Zaha backfiring this week. Should I be? Uh, I think that matchup's a bit concerning for me. Uh, that Zaha matchup is is quite is quite good. So, am I concerned that Zaha's got, is that is Zaha going to outscore Saka this week? What, what was the zonals looking like? Did they have anything down their right, Saka? No, I mean. That that's you want to attack Liverpool on the other side. I, I think I think most of Arsenal's attack will will come from the left. So attacking Trent on that right hand side. Um, but I mean, the question is, I'm should I be worried about Saka to Zaha backfiring? And, uh, kind of. I th I think kind of because just because you know that. If Zaha blanks again, that wouldn't be a huge surprise. Like, what if his streak is over? Um, I, I, I think it's a fine move, but um, it could. There's a chance it could go either way a little bit. <laughs> I've got a screaming child in the background. Can you hear it? Yeah. Close. Breakfast time. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, look for me. But the move makes sense because it's long term. Zaha has the fixtures. If it was me, you know, he's wildcarding in 13. I think, you know, the, the blanking in the blanking in 12, I, I would, I, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Leeds and Leicester coming up. So, yeah, definitely good. Yeah. All right. Right. 
Next one then. Do we trust the six million six million midfield bracket or the eight million one if you've got KDB and Madison or Zaha already? Both, I guess. Oh, that's a tough. That's such a teacher always asks us such tough, tough questions, doesn't it? <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> it's going to put you in a corner, Mariner. Usual. Standing out, give me, give me a load of lines. Yeah, you, you must put, you must trust Granite Xhaka more. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, look, I for me, there are more eight million. For me, there's more eight million options than six million options right now. Um, Martinelli is a very obvious one. Someone for me, I'm just going to hold. He looked lightning. He looked amazing last week. Really looks a completely yeah. different player. And it, 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 and it was actually telling. He didn't get subbed. Just recently. Yeah, that's he true. Yep. Yep. He's, he's been one of the better players. But, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know. I think you, you have to – It's I wouldn't see it in, in terms of brackets. I think I would actually look at them in terms of players. Like you have Martinelli, you have Trossard, um, and then you have the Foden, right? Who else? Um, Martinelli, Trossard, Foden, let's say Luis Diaz – um and bowen yeah and bowen yeah well you you have to pick and choose like what what fits what fits your budget and what what fits the structure of your team i would i would prioritize uh martinelli and trussard because of that because i i just think that they're going to provide best value for the entire season than than the others um and and i think they will they're more likely to go up in price because of the price point that they're at right now um so i'd probably go there I like Foden. I, I like Foden. You know, uh, I think Trossard looks a very, very interesting, in, interesting option. I, I tend to agree with you. Um, yeah, um, and I think maybe the saving on Trossard can, like you say, can be recycled somewhere else. You know, yeah. either we can put more money back in, put more money back into defence. We might be going back to four at the back by the time we get back to game week thirteen, uh, or. God, bloody hell. Wait for it. I um I have to leave you to, to do the rest of the questions on your on on your own. I gotta go get my kids. <laughs> oh well we're gonna, let's 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 finish off. Let's do can you can you do five minutes? Oh maybe not. No words. No, minutes. I can't do five minutes. Can you do five? I can't do five minutes. Can nope. do five minutes. Bloody marvelous. We better get going then very fast. So right, all right. Should we say bye bye? Yeah. <laughs> all right, take care, mate. See ya. Thank you. Thank you. Don't see you on the screen. Don't stop the screen. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> right. So I'm going to freestyle the last bit. So let me just uh, go back. So, okay. What else have we got? Andy, Everton or Palace centre backs from 13 to 16. Uh, let me put that on the screen. Uh, what are we going to say here? So, Everton, point eight. 13 to 16 palace minus 1.3 but we need to look at the headed matchups so for the headed matchups 13 to 16 everton 8.5 palace seven uh not not a lot in it mate <laughs> <laughs> who do you who, who do you who do you want mate uh no it's there's nothing in there there so i think it's just down to gut over that one um i'm on the way uh i'm quite okay with that 
Brentford attack moving forward. I didn't see them at the weekend. I think Tony's a solid hold, though. Uh, FPL DG boy. Um, I'm all right with them. Foden for KDB. Uh, rotation. Take a look at the uh, hive mind for the weekend. Foden seems to be in favour, though, and in form. Um, okay. FPL pharmacist. Keep Bailey for Knott's Forest. He was awful against Leeds. Yeah, all right. I, if, he, if you think he's going to start, I think I'd play him. But it's Forrest at home. And as you say, as we said earlier when we were laughing, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're just awful. <laughs> so maybe not. So unless there's anything else going on, uh, I'm not sure if there's any more questions. If you've got anything else, fire it down there. Uh, if not, no, I think we're done. So I can get out of here too. Um, guys, what more to say? Um, thank you. Uh, I'm FPL Mariner. That was FPL Lens. Nima is still flagged. He'll be back hopefully next week. Um, I think it'll just be me and Nima next week because Gabe's away. Um, please hit like, please hit subscribe, uh, hit the bell as well for notifications. Pick us up on pods as well uh, if you want to listen to us rather than uh, look at our ugly mugs. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think that's all we've got to say. Don't forget to vote for the Football Content Awards, um, which we've got till the 9th to do it. But, but yeah, apart from that, chaps, I think I'm going to get us or get myself out of here. So uh, all the very best. And uh, we will see you really soon. And I uh, wish you green arrows for the weekend. And uh, let's keep in touch with him about this forest against uh, against Villa game, because I think we might have a bit of fun of that one. All right, all the best. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>